Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Anti-Fragile and Black Swans. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Tuesday, November 15th in the year 2022. Going on in parallel right now apparently is the big, the greatest event in the history of the United States announcement by President Donald J. Trump. I We have Duncan listening to that live, and he'll give us any immediate updates or pass them on to me, and then you can pick those up on his show, and I can carry those on tonight in Fisher's. But being that these events typically are unknown when they start and they tend to drag on endlessly to say little, I don't really have much interest in running it live here. So we'll just give you an update. I Unfortunately, things are stacking up, including the setup for this initial event with a 2024 event sign, which I surely hope, I surely hope this is not an event with it is nothing more than the announcement of President Trump running for presidency in 2024. I wouldn't classify that as an event worthy of the greatest event in American history. Either way, we're faced with some pretty critical times ahead, and financial fragility is a big deal. Make sure you're taking good care of your wealth and your finances. Patriots, we are living through a time when inflation is continuing to plague our economy, our families, and our savings. And the irresponsible spending of the left just continues to exacerbate the problem. This year, we witnessed almost every kind of negative economic record, from empty grocery store shelves to 40-year high inflation. Don't let your savings wither away. Hedge against inflation with gold from Birch Gold. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 for your free info kit on diversifying into gold. Plus, when you do it this month, by Black Friday, get a free gold bar with every purchase that you make by December 22nd. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Don't allow the left to devalue your savings. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and claim your free info kit from Birch Gold. Again, you can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account, and Birch Gold will help you do it. Once again, text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold and ensure your eligibility for a free gold bar with every purchase. Secure your future with gold. Do it today. Remember, text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. Well, Patriots, I just gotten word, this is really big, that our in-house moderator, the Conley, is now going to announce at 9.07, it's right now, he's going to announce that he's running for White House chef, barbecue chef, in 2024. This is amazing. <laughs> That's what you've been waiting for, I know. It, it's, it's, all, it's what everyone's been on the edge for. And I'm telling you, the dude can throw down some steaks. Just so you know, this man knows cattle, and he does what's called tongue-on-somethings. Uh, tongue and I don't even know what that is, but I'm sure it's going to be great. So... You can look forward to a 2024 success of the beef, beef industry thanks to our in-house mod. Tongue-wrapped ribs. There you go. Right there. Hey, Patriots. So in, in looking at the events of the world, we are actually seeing a lot of, obviously, a lot of destabilization. And it's not by accident. 
where they created COVID very specifically to cover the shrinking of the economy, which they intended to do. And in doing so, what they've been doing is raking out as much money and wealth out of the economy while we're trying to fight to protect the economy, which they're intentionally trying to destroy. Now, think about that for a minute, because that's the trap. And it's literally an OODA loop that we're in that every single time that we try to protect or defend what we think is right, which is their corporate institution, they get stronger. That concept is known as anti-fragile. And it's a concept that evolves from, a, from economics. And actually, there's actually a book written on this called Anti-Fragile, Things That Gain from Disorder. This was a book that was written by Nassim Nicholas Taleb. It was published in November 27th of 2012. And the whole concept behind this is it's, it works counterintuitively to what we think. There are certain institutions that instead of falling apart in disorder when, they get, when things start to fall apart, as things go into greater chaos, certain things become stronger. We're in a process of that right now. This system that we're looking at is the illusion, and the illusion is a corporate illusion that we are believing is a republic, but every time that we try to make it, save it, or protect it, or get it back to what we think is the right way, that system is taking out of us, and it's gaining more power. So let me give you some examples of this. One is FTX, which just happened. The FTX implode was a situation where people were trying to get ahead in the system. They were gaming the system, essentially, by investing in cryptos using a cryptocurrency exchange that allowed them on a 24-hour basis to be able to sell, buy, sell, trade cryptos. They were thinking they were getting ahead. What, we were act, what they were actually doing is as they were pumping in more money, the system was raking out that money out the back door, giving them IOUs, which they didn't know they were getting. And in the process, the system gained power. Why? Because that money wasn't being siphoned just to specific people. It was being channeled to places like Ukraine, being laundered and kicked back into the Democrat Party. And all of that money then was being used as the machine was being reinforced to come after the people in the elections, stealing the elections, and doing other nefarious things like reinforcing Democrat policies. This is called anti-fragile. And it's a process that we're caught in that we have to become exceedingly aware of. As another example, and this is going to be an unpopular position, and frankly, that's okay because I'm not always popular with my views, but I'm usually right in the end, and that's okay. <laughs> So you get to hear another one of these. It will make you go, oh, bards. And then in six months, you'll come back and go, oh, you might have had a point. And that's okay. That's because we're family and we love each other. But here's the deal. We've had two people in play right now that are very critical in destroying the MAGA party. All right. The MAGA movement right now has been fragmented by DeSantis and has been fragmented by Carrie Lake in two different directions. Ron DeSantis has now become the darling child of the GOP. That should tell you everything in itself. If you start to get a candidate that the GOP is loving since the GOP hated Trump, you know that it's a setup. But that's okay because what we're looking at is a man who has done things for Florida. The Floridians are behind him. The conservatives are behind him. And everybody's looking to him saying, wow, what an amazing governor. What an amazing governor he'll be. And as they do that, pressing into this and they're pointing to him now as a great president in the future. And he's had two terms that are all missing one very critical question. How did Ron DeSantis get elected in Florida when Dominion was in place? Why wasn't Florida audited? Those are two big questions that need to be answered because you can't just take somebody on face value and say, well, guess what? And the problem is in the short term thinking of things, patriots are looking at this and going, well, the deep stater wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do things in favor of the movement of conservative movement. They wouldn't strengthen policies. This is where you're wrong. And it's very, very wrong. Right now, the deep state has set up and used the Democrat Party as literally the circus clown show. The dumbest and most er er egregious candidates are stuck into the Democrat Party. That's the ones everybody looks at while they bring in their A players and they start selectively placing them in key markets to start drawing over the, the vote of MAGA. MAGA as a movement was not going to be broken. It couldn't be disarmed. It couldn't be banned. They even went so far as to suggest that MAGA is a threat to democracy. 
But MAGA is, that's to get MAGA all riled up and get people upset because that was coming from the Democrat side. But if you're really going to break MAGA, you have to fracture MAGA. You have to get a rift going in the middle of MAGA and you have to get people fighting one another. Enter Ron DeSantis. He's brilliant. What he's doing here is he's coming in, he's giving key policies and key things that he's doing, but you notice one of the things he isn't doing is banning the vax. That should tell you a lot because right there, that's a critical issue right there that even though he has given policies to prevent mandates and to protect children, I get it, and he's also gone after Disney, Disney was on the down run anyway. Because Disney is part of the CIA and it's being run that way and it's all in the end of the day going to be dismantled because the apparatus of, of surveillance and control is already being installed in place and they don't need the CIA anymore. So you're looking at a, really, a virtual show, literally. And in the process, people are getting roped in to look at Ron DeSantis and say that Trump is over, the Trump era is over, MAGA is done, and the division and the fractures already been laid. There are many people still standing with President Trump. I got that. The problem is, since many people are still standing with him, there's also many people that are not. And that rift that goes down the middle is the split in MAGA, and we're all getting played by politics. I'm not giving deference to one candidate over the other here. I'm just pointing out a point of how this game works. And so as you try to push into what you think is right, for example, you're going to push in and make, okay, we're going to make a better decision for president. Their system is getting stronger because they are owning the board. We're playing on their game board, and every time we do something for our benefit of what we think is for us, they gain strength. Carrie Lake, another example. I'm not a big Carrie Lake fan. I know where I know where she sits. I have heard her policies. I think she's way too polished, and I can't get over the fact that she was an avid and active Obama supporter, including one that went door-to-door pushing for Obama votes. Suddenly, she becomes revived. She's, she has become reborn through the Republican Party. She's all pro everything that's conservative, and she's got the quick polish and the quick comments to media, and she keeps going and playing. I don't, from the things I've read and the research I've done, I'm pretty sure Carrie Lake was controlled opposition. And, and it does that brilliantly because it raises the hopes of people. People vote for her, rush into her. Now that they've stolen the vote, which was intended from the beginning, now the entire focus of the movement will be we need to get a fair and, and equitable vote, which won't happen because the system itself hasn't changed. By voting in for Carrie and putting all the emphasis on her, as crazy as this is, the system gets stronger because it weakens the main opposition, which was MAGA. People are not appreciating just how powerful MAGA as a movement represented. MAGA, America First, aligned with the Q followers and the core, created a movement which will umbrella tonight refer to as MAGA, which was unbelievable in American history. It's a true populist movement. Its spokesman was President Donald J. Trump. Now, I will argue, and as I've said, the Trump that we voted for in 2016 is not the Trump that we have today, and I don't know what's going to be said tonight, and we'll follow up on that later, but up until this point, we don't have the same Trump that we had in 2016. I don't know where that man went, but it's not here now. And a lot of that was compromised and lost over this vax issue and many other things. But where we are right now is a very divided country, and, it's, and the divisions are intentional, and every time we try to build into solving the divisions, the fractures get worse because they gain strength since they own the game board. They own the players. They own the people. They own, all the influencers are out there, and all we have to do is go after one, and they pressure, pressure somewhere else to cause another rift and another fracture. Now, another example is FT, going back to FTX is yet another example. FDX just got wiped out, as we know. Now they're sending down investigators. They've been to look into the, the our key player there in FTX. But here's the deal. It's amazing. And it should come as no surprise because this person is not going to be prosecuted. This person is not going to see jail time. And there's nothing that's going to happen that's going to make any difference. What we are looking at right now is as investigators have gone down to talk to him in Bahamas, he is now saying that they'll, they'll even extradite him, but not an extradition to the U.S. of any substance. Rather, an extradition that, that will allow the, the founder of FTX to simply come back 
And that's, by the way, Sam um, Bankman-Fried. Sam Bankman-Fried's FTX Corporation is bankrupt. He is in the Bahamas. And now the, the feds are saying that they're going to invite him back for questioning. This is the game that they're playing. But what's happened in the process? People's whole wealth that they thought, again, was going to be taken, they were going to gain wealth in the system. The system took their wealth away, broke many, many lives, used that wealth to siphon around in different places. And the most important thing is what we talked about last night. They set the conditions to now have greater government regulations so that they can force people down the pipeline of accepting a CBDC. Today, it was announced that 12 banks out of, the, out of New York Fed have, are going to run a test for 12 weeks on the CBDC, the new current forced currency, and it will become a forced currency in the end of the day. They're, they're soft rolling this as much as possible to make it sound like this isn't coming. But the 12 bank giants, which include HSBC, Citibank, or Citigroup, MasterCard, Wells Fargo, among a few, including as well Bank of New York Mellon, which is referred to as the money laundering bank of the world, PNC Financial Services, Toronto Dominion Bank, Trust Financial, and U.S. Bank Corps. All of these are part of the 12 that are going to be running a 12-week digital dollar pilot program with the New York Federal Reserve Bank. All of this is to set the conditions to soften the acceptance of the digital dollar, trying to now reassure people, and this is how they're going to do this. This is about running the test to make sure it's safe and equitable for the people and that these other, quote, rogue digital currencies no longer do what FTX did. This is a really big perspective to appreciate because they used FTX not only to rake money, break, break wealth, but they've used it now as a tool in the rupturing of FTX to create policies to wipe out other cryptocurrencies, and to, which they will do, to imprison and to arrest people that they will of other cryptocurrencies, saying that they were laundering money, helping foreign governments, whatever they're going to do in the terrorist acts, all to force people into the acceptance of the CBDC. But you're not going to get the acceptance of the CBDC until there is some sort of event that causes people to walk into that by their own free will, things like the collapse of the economy. Now, the irony is that the collapse collapse of the economy is part of their anti-fragile strategy because they already have the new economy sitting in the background while we're looking at the current economy and we're worried. We're trying to figure out what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We have our we have our dollars, we have our money, and we're playing into the system. Every single time we work in this system and we participate in this system, we are reinforcing their systems. When we try to save money, we're making their banking system stronger. When we try to invest money, we're making their banking system stronger. Remember, You control the food, you control the people, you control the energy, you control the country, you control the money, you control the world. This whole thing is about the financial enslavement of the world. And the CBDC is a critical step in making that happen, especially in in this country in particular. But to get there, people have to start losing hope. So as people are trying to prepare and trying to figure out how they can continue to put money away and be prepared for a future moment, there's still this idea of participation in the system. The more that we participate, the more that they win. And they're going to rupture the economy. That's not a question. That's coming. And as they do, and as they rupture the economy, what is going to end up happening is people are going to look to the the state that created the problem to solve the problem. All of that centers on some principal issues which we've talked about endlessly, which is the separation of God from our lives, crushing that entire concept that there's any sort of belief in in God or the greater powers of kingdom. And as people then turn their eyes away from their faith in our Lord, they turn their eyes towards the faith in government. That's the big trap. And that helps reinforce this concept of anti-fragile. So as much as people want to fight the system, violence is another one. If you fight the system violently, this system gains power. How? Let me give you an example. If you take on an action towards us, take, say you have a violent overthrow and you go up to 
to overthrow a local government and take it over by a patriot-controlled group, they, their control of the media will spin that to being a threat to as domestic terrorists, and they will gin up the people and create various issues to make people afraid, and therefore the system gains power mentally over people while those movements, which may be very legitimate, are now ostracized, and then the routing and securing of those people becomes justified, even using the military to do so. This was actually written in a paper in the War College back in 2012 of how the military would strategize to take and take back dominant control over the information space and physical space if a patriot group decided to declare a secession and take over a state or a state capital. What I'm telling you is actually strategy because what they'll do is they'll implement, once they do that, they'll use a media blackout, they'll lock things down, and then they'll start using the media strategies to literally wear people down to such a degree and make them believe in this threat that doesn't exist just like COVID. And then they'll turn the tide to where the group that may be the most patriotic group around suddenly becomes the domestic terrorist that everybody hates and wants to see outed. I said this recently, and it's the same principle, and it goes back to DeSantis. The DeSantis-Trump fight is very real, and it has some very dangerous outcomes, because, and it's something we have to be very cognizant of. There are people that are going to follow DeSantis like there are people that are going to follow Trump. My issue is right now, follow no one, seriously, because we don't need... We don't have the leadership right now that's going to be able to guide us into this next step. And we should have learned by now that we don't need the leadership that we thought we did. We've accomplished the level that we want. Our eyes now need to be truly on, on our Father God and start stepping back and worrying about our local communities and not running this garbage of wondering who's going to run in 2024. I'll worry about that at the end of 2023, seeing where things are. But here's the, here's the risk, and this is an anti-fragile outcome. As people will go after DeSantis, my expectations, because they've already laid the groundwork, are that they are going to start pointing at the they're going to start pointing at the MAGA group as the domestic terrorists. And as they divide that, there will be a group that will be very solid around DeSantis that will agree with this. And you'll end up with MAGA split with one side being on DeSantis camp and the other side being on Trump. But because President Trump has already run and they've done it, they'll, they'll do a very effective job of diminishing his power. Those that stand with him or those that even stand against DeSantis will be flagged as domestic terrorists and also as political threats. That flagging will come from conservatives to conservatives. Because people are so malleable and so gullible that they won't even be able to see what's happened. That's part of the anti-fragile strategy because the system gets stronger. Now, this sounds very down and depressing in many ways because it sounds like we're caught in an, an Atholian web that there is no way out. And this is true at a certain point because when we're fighting them toe-to-toe -to -toe on their terms, you are not going to win. This is the classic issue of a, a counterinsurgency of how do you defeat a superior force that has superior technology. And this is where you have to literally adapt and use low-tech and innovative means to deconstruct de it. We are trying constantly and are bound constantly by the same strategies that our enemy uses, and we're trying to employ them to, against them. We look at dollars and we say, how are we going to create an alternative currency? And so immediately we start thinking of, as I know many have already, that they're going to create an alternative currency or an alternative crypto. And, there, and there's no substance to that alternative whatsoever other than the, using the system. Again, crypto is a great one because people have talked about this and I've talked to many people have tried to organize cryptos to be used at a county level. But crypto is still crypto and it's still reliant on the infrastructure with the deep state owns. So what, where do we go here? Because this is a real big bind <clears throat> of bumping straight into things and not having the ability to stand up and fight a beast that every time we fight it, it seems to grow stronger. There is something that's happening in China, that, and this is where I want to bring our attention to, and it's called uh, Let It Rot, literally is the translation, Let It Rot. And it's a very amazing outcome that has happened because the state became too powerful. Let It Rot is a movement that's happening with the youth in China. And a little bit of background. Right now, the youth are experiencing a 20% unemployment rate in China. Jobs are getting increasingly hard to get. 
one of the things that affected that unemployment issue was that Alibaba was taken on in their and shut down and persecuted pretty heavily by the CCP. Not shut down, but their their CEO was gone was attacked by the CCP legally. In the process in China, they banned one of the biggest industries for people coming out of college, which was tutoring. That represented a one hundred billion dollar a year industry that got shut down. Many of the people coming, many of the youth coming out of China right now can't find jobs. And on top of it, they're facing jobs that run on a 996 model. And what that is, is they are working 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. every day, six days a week for very minimal pay with so much for such low a pay that they can't even afford to buy a house or an apartment. Some are even sleeping at their jobs. This is the outcome of a, an economy globally that is shrinking and has only shrink, begun to shrink even more over the last few years with COVID. Now, again, remember what I said, the economic collapse of the global system was by design. We're heading into the fourth industrial revolution. This is important. And as we get to the fourth industrial revolution, what we've arrived at is a place where jobs and people are transforming to being more robotic, more AI-driven, and people are being displaced. Keep in mind that one of Ivanka Trump's main jobs was to work with the WEF and developing what their strategies were towards the fourth industrial revolution and introducing trade schools and new training for the displaced worker force that will happen in the United States. We are on a track to getting to the fourth industrial revolution. Well, China is there as, and is moving there very quickly. And as China has seen a rapid growth in the personal wealth going from about 20, 30 years ago, where the average person was making about $300 a day to where they're making today close to 10000 <clears throat> We have seen an enormous rise in wealth, personal wealth in China. And with this enormous rise in wealth comes higher expectations by the people. People are wanting to buy more. People are wanting to own property. But the job market isn't sustaining. And as the global market is shifting towards autom automation, people are getting displaced. COVID was the big cover for that. So it was not only eliminating se certain segments of the population, in particular the elderly, and killing them off. It was setting up the new generation to be literally programmed to be obedient with the transhumanist model. So you can kind of see how this is coming together. Well, what's happened in China is pretty amazing because as they are facing a growing elderly population, which is growing outrageously because of their one-child policy, there's not enough workers to support the elderly, and the youth are more focused on surviving and less concerned about supporting their parents the traditions and values of China are now falling apart. But the youth is also getting fed up. So what started on social media was a hashtag, and a hashtag that principally translated to let it rot. And what this has done is the youth have literally stepped out of the game. They're just not working. They refuse to go to work. They refuse to be replacements for people that are fired because one of the things that has happened is with an overabundance of labor, which always happens, is employers gain the upper hand. When they gain the upper hand, that means that they can fire somebody who doesn't like the hours they work or doesn't like the pay they receive, and they have a mass labor pool to replace them cheap. Well, the youth is aligned together, and the youth has literally said, we're done. We're not going to stab each other in the back, and we're just going to step out of the labor market. We're not going to work. This is let it rot because their whole motto is let the system rot. They can't function with, with us and we don't want to be part of it. This movement is causing national tremors throughout China. So much so that even President Xi has made direct pleas to the youth to go back to work. The media has gone on assault to call the youth worthless or lazy. And it is causing a complete shake in, in the foundations of the Chinese markets. This is what we would refer to as more of a black swan event. Not quite yet, but it's getting there. Anti-fragile is an issue where anti-fragile is when the more that you fight something or the more that the issues attack it, the stronger it gets. But black swan is an unknown, unseen event. And black swan happens on a number of levels. In a black swan event, you can have something that's hard to predict. It can be a rare event beyond the realm of normal expectations. It can also be something that's not 
the probability and consequential are so rare in, in, in its methodologies that it comes out of nowhere and disrupts everything. It can also be a psychological bias that blinds people to the attack that's coming. That's the critical piece, along with a disruptive role of a high and impactive event. The youth doing this movement is a black swan event. It was unexpected. It was unseen. It was blind. They were blind to the consequences of their own policies, and the youth took a step where nobody thought they would ever go. They simply said, we quit. We're not going to be part of this anymore. Patriots, we're at a very critical point here that we should learn from this method because everything that we do right now that contributes to this system ends up coming back and biting us. So here's my point of all of this. Right now, we need to start making the decision of how we are not going to participate in this system anymore. That takes some risk, but people need to do it together. We need to stop paying taxes, and I mean all taxes. I'm not just talking about taxes that you pay once a year, but in places in the states where there's sales tax, we need to stop paying sales tax, all of it. We need to stop paying property taxes, all of it. And the thing is, it needs to happen on a large scale, and the communities need to start coming together and agreeing on this so that there cannot be a presence of government using a heavy hand to try to repossess or enforce taxation. This is the first event. Every other place we can, we need to step out of buying from big box stores or big corporate entities. We need to step away from working with these any sort of entity that is tied to big corporate entities. We need to buy local. We've been talking about this in a different form now for about two years, which is county by county. And number and the, one of the key points on county by county was informed action. So we also need to learn from Mark Baker, who runs Baker's Green Acres. If you remember his interview, where they tried to shut him down in raising pigs, he beat them in court, but then he went up to another level. And what he did is every single time they sent somebody down to his farm to try to shut him down, he simply sues that individual specifically. He doesn't go after the agency. He goes after the low-level peon that's working for the governor or government. That type of warfare leads to them walking back what they're doing because nobody wants to be sued, and in particular, when you're a low-level peon, you're not going to get the protection of the government at all. This is a sort of warfare that we have to adapt to that starts to change the game and moves us into more towards a black swan event. If the government has no, if nobody's paying taxes, the IRS has too many people to collect on. They'll try, but they will fail. If we're, if we're not going to participate in their systems then, and start working as community, their systems will begin to fail. It is literally let it rot, and it needs to be looked at and how we're going to do that. This can't just happen in one class group. It has to happen across the board and be empowered as Americans coming together to do this. It sounds perhaps ideal, but we're at a very perfect time to consider this. The election system is completely rigged. There is no hope in restoring the United States through this election system. I don't care how many times you vote, how many times you're told it's going to be a red wave. I don't care how many times you're told that it's all about us coming together and voting and doing the right thing. That's complete crap. It's broken, and the system is so rigged from top to bottom that every single market, every single precinct is in one way or another controllable by this system. The only way we are going to start taking back our communities is to start seizing control in every level we can, which begins with things like not participating in taxation, in, works in not participating in government agencies, and simply working together as communities. And some of that's going to require some liaison with the sheriff. The sheriff is your true law enforcement authority. One person suggested to me the other day, which is a very interesting idea, that instead of paying federal taxes, we give the money that we would pay to federal taxes to your sheriff's department if they're a constitutional department to build them up and to reinforce them so they become stronger and more capable in fighting the, the sorts of threats that they're going to face, including government overreach. All of these things are leading to, and we have to be looking at strategies from an adaptive way. There are other aspects to this type of warfare, which include influence operations, and, and those in the, in the sense of a spiritual war will include things like outreach with, with scriptural revivals, outreach with teams of doing 
deliverance and other issues in communities to try to bring them back to a center point in a faith in God. But that's also a key piece to this. Our strength in, in, in our relationship with Father God and in our faith is going to be a big difference in how we get through this. And that means that we build community and we start coming back. But we nonetheless have to start looking at the strategies that we are doing because the more that we keep playing into their hands to try to solve the problem through the system, we're only making them stronger. The CBDC is probably one of the biggest threats we have ever faced in the end, and it's no surprise to me that so many things are happening around the same time to keep people's eyes away from that. But the government is panicked, and they're doing things into in on one hand, they don't come across as panicked, they come across as heavy-handed. But when a government becomes heavy-handed, they're trying to suppress people from doing the right thing and make examples of them. We all know Dr. Eric Naputi. If you, if you don't, he's been on this show a number of times. He was also part of Bard's Fest. The government has now sued Dr. Eric Naputi, if you're ready for this, $500 billion for administering vitamin D to patients during COVID. You heard that right. That's the exact lawsuit, and that's the number. And they're doing this in the expectation that, they, that he will collapse that he will give in and that this overwhelming issue is he will cut a plea bargain and accept a guilt and in therefore he will concede. The good news is, and I had a long talk with Dr. Naputi today, he is a good friend and I'm very, very proud to have him as a friend. It is one thing he has made it clear that he is taking the side and walking this with our Lord and our Savior and he is walking this powerfully and he is not giving in and he will not give in and he will not be made an example of, and he's literally relying on the strength of God to fight this, and he will win in the end. But he's now turning the tables to where they don't, they can't win here. And he's turning this from an anti-fragile where they would win into a black swan event where he's turned it over to God and said, now we'll fight, and we'll fight God's way, and he's doing that. Now that's, for some, they're gonna, you're gonna, I'm gonna already hear it. Like, what are the specifics? That's out there. You can go see. He's already done some videos on it. He's talking what he's gonna do, and I'm gonna leave that for him. And we're gonna get him on the show here in a few weeks to talk about it. But it is always going to be a need to start looking at these fights and not going down the same way. God is offering us a tremendous opportunity to move forward. And this tremendous opportunity to move forward is to trust in him and kingdom to fight a different way. We will not win this fight steel to steel. If you're going to pull a sword and steel to steel with them, they will overwhelm and they will destroy. But when we are going to adapt our strategies into something that's far more driven towards kingdom and we're going to fight in an adaptive way, which is what good information warriors do, it's what good adaptive counterinsurgencies do, and it's why good adaptive counterinsurgencies, especially those run by special forces teams, usually win. Because they find the critical nodes, the critical vulnerabilities, they exploit them heavily, and they do the thing that no one expects to be done, which becomes a black swan event, which literally collapses the system. So as a specific example of this, if you're looking at stopping the power production of a, comp of a country, that has a critic as a large hydroelectric plant, knowing that if you can shut down that hydroelectric plant and you can take away the power for their industry and their resources, you'll cripple the economy. Typically, people will think about how to blow up a dam. That's typically how people think. That's exactly the wrong strategy because all that does is it creates the anti fragile event. As the attempt is made to blow up the dam, which will fail or even if it does win, the government gains the upper hand to use the propaganda to then do greater sweeps, cleanups, and to arrest people and ultimately tighten down the tyranny. And ultimately, the dam still produces power. But if you can find the one part, even if it's a washer, a screw, or a small diode, that's in the system, inside the plant, inside the generators, for example, a part that may take six months to replace because it's a custom specialized part that comes from somewhere. If you can destroy that one part and shut down the dam, the fault of the situation becomes the government and their poor planning and people become irate over the fact that the system itself failed them. This is black swan versus anti-fragile. That sort of thinking needs to be employed in the fight that we have ahead. 
because right now where we are going is there's so much focus right now on a, and I've talked about this for so long on the idea of a fight with muskets, fight with muskets. And we aren't going to, this is not going to be a fight with muskets. The reason that our Patriots won in this original fight was not that they had muskets and the British had muskets because they did. It's that they changed their entire strategies of fighting. But the biggest part of that victory wasn't the guns and people miss this. It was the women who started a black a boycott of British goods that ultimately cut the revenues to the crown by 50%. Again, we have to adapt. If we start buying less, as an example, we're not going to participate in a CBDC. You're not going to pay taxes. We're going to step away from this government and say we're done and literally just walk away from it and start doing our thing to let their system rot. Sure, they're going to try to use a heavy hand, and that takes in all other strategies when that happens locally. But the principles of this is to cripple them and to let them fall on their own sword. This can happen. China's seeing it happen right now. And it's, it's such, a, such a threat to them that as a national strategy, they are trying to figure a way to get youth mobilized to work, and the youth just won't because you can't force somebody as much as you'll try. So this whole principle here is about thinking differently, thinking outside of the conventional boxes that we are shaped and told to think in terms of. You have to think in terms of how to look at all of this fight with a kingdom view and how it's going to deconstruct and disrupt this current system in a way that is ultimately peaceful and destructive. The one thing that Gandhi learned very, very well is that by people simply not complying on a mass scale, he crippled the British crown. They were left with having to face a massive retreat because they could not stop a nation that refused to play. That has to happen here. And this is ultimately really our best way forward because otherwise we're going to be fighting in such a way that it's going to leave as is designed the deep and deep and forever remembered blood rifts. But when we come together and we come together unified and believe me, and I'll be clear about this because I know there's already people thinking in their head like, Oh, you're talking about just a peace, Nick. Look, we are the most armed country in the world for a reason. And that's cool. But if all you're going to think in your, if all your thinking is going to go through your ammo and that you're stacking in your barrel, you're an idiot. You have to think adaptively to a system that itself is so well coordinated towards manipulating people. You have to simply think about things differently. This is the type of dimensional fight in the fourth and fifth generation warfare that we are in. And while it is essential that you carry your sword of steel on your hip, it is absolutely essential that we start working adaptively differently and stop playing their game. We have to become the black swan events that disrupt them so deeply that they can't anticipate it, they can't recover from it, and the dependence and reliance on us when we take ourselves out of the picture is so significant that they simply start to collapse and fail. That's what we're looking for, and that's what we have to pursue. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we're blessed tonight to come together and humble ourselves before you. We thank you for these times that we have. We thank you for this incredible opportunity in the time that we live to start really looking at things in such a profound way to start understanding this matrix and control system that has woven its way into our lives, into our minds in such a way that at times, indeed, it leaves us feeling like we have no way out. What we know, Father, is through you, through the trust in you, and through the wisdom that you provide, there is a way out. You have stood up the greatest army, the most adaptive army ever seen if we will listen to you and trust in you. In this process, we also have to trust in each other and build the fellowship and stay together in this fight. We have to understand the strength in the numbers of one, staying together in one body of Christ, not individual actions that are easily plucked off and exploited and used against us. And at the center of all of this, Father, we pray that the people will embrace the true sense of what that takes, which is fearlessness, to have no fear. So guide us in these times, protect us, and lead us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. This is truly a point in time when fearlessness is critical in all things that we do. 
You have to be unified and be fearless. And when we do this and you're working at the local community, you're paying attention to how you can come together, work together locally better, you're prepared to step out of the system. That does require a change in lifestyle, but that's we're already there. So if you have the hope that somehow this thing is magically going to come back and we're going to be able to recover this system under new authority, you're kidding yourself. This is a Babylonian system. It's never going to give up its authority and power over you. It has to fall and it has to collapse. And we're going to have to let the entire beast system fall. But with that, we don't have to suffer through that fall. When we build community, we're looking at local, local action. We're looking at working together, staying together, buying from each other locally, staying out of the beast system, and even creating your own sense of barter and trade. All of these things can come together very well and very quickly if we're committed to them. But it begins with us taking the lead locally and beginning that conversation. The longer we delay this, the longer and harder it's going to be to break from what they're bringing at us. So patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place for just such a time as this. We are at war, and it is first and foremost a spiritual war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible too many think it is unreal, but that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. 
It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.